Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, we're going to talk today not just about brain function, but about chronic disease, because the chronic disease is really killing you. And when, you know, we're in an absolute time of psychosis where governments and the planet are not understanding how viruses actually work or what the risk is. It's just massive panic and fear um, designed to really um, get you to do certain things. So let's look at the actual risk of this. Now, number one, you have a one in four chance of dying of heart disease or just about cancer, about one in five percent. So heart disease and cancer are big, but that's like 10 times or greater risk of dying of a disease uh, such as a virus. Well, we there's a really brilliant uh, article that came out on the actual number of deaths from, um, and it's from the CDC, looking at from February to March. And they took all those deaths, I mean the normal deaths, the different age categories and everything, and if you do not have a comorbid condition, uh, and it doesn't matter, you could be you know, any age from under 1 or over 85, you have a 99.5% uh, chance of not dying, okay, of comorbid. Now, which is interesting because you um, standard deaths, and this is what, what people forget about because they're walking around with these crazy masks, um, you know, being afraid to talk to anyone or being afraid to connect with anyone. Well, let's sit down for a second because this will shock you. There's around 330 million people in America, about 330 million. Now, when you get a group that big together, there's about 7,700 people die every day or 2.8 million people die every every year. So your risk of just living in America and this is your risk, okay, just, you know, average age, uh, you have a 0.8% chance of dying of life. So now <clears throat> you might say, well, is that every person across the board? Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> but then again, that's what the news is doing now too. Uh, they're saying, oh, my God, you're at risk. You have it. And they're, they're building up this case epidemic into just psychosis. So that means in every year in U.S., you have about a 99.2% chance of not dying. Uh, so what does that mean? What this study did, and it was really, really brilliant, it went through and checked all the age uh, categories from you know, under 1 to 1 to 4 years old, 5 to 14 years old, 15 to 24 years old, and so on in those age categories. What the normal deaths have occurred, that's right, people do die. So when you get these idiots that are saying, oh my God, let's um, shut down the economy to save just one life. No, you know, you may prolong it, but you're not going to save it. People will eventually die. And looking at these statistics, the people that died without a comorbid condition, um, only 6% of the number that they do. So when you're hearing these death certificates or case certificate or, um, things, uh, when you're hearing it on the, on the news, realize when they say cases and then they throw in an epidemic, 
It has nothing to do with science and 100% to do with fear. We're coming up to an election of in a crazy year. Heck, the, the people that um, the Democrats are even saying, that even if they lose, they're not going to give up. I mean, uh, okay, great. We're going to destroy our entire country. Uh, you know, it's the level of of insanity is exponential right now. This is, I've never seen um, a population this easily uh, gullible and this so fine, finely controlled. I mean, what you wear, where you work, where you move, where you travel is completely controlled. And it's based on just fear conditioning, not actual facts. So if you are going to die someday, uh, you have an average, if you're a male, going to live to 78 years old in America. Uh, and you can get um, longer, healthier, vital life by doing healthier practices. But if we just look at the COVID death rate, if you're afraid of that, okay, let's say you have um, comorbid conditions. Let's say you have type 2 diabetes, you're overweight, you don't exercise, you're taking multiple prescriptions, and um, you're 75 years old. Okay, you have a 99.5% chance of not dying. <laughs> I mean, uh, so... It, it, just please, please, let's not look at um, uh, this with just abject fear. Let's look at it through intelligence. Now, um, it, it's interesting. When you look at America, we have a chronic disease epidemic, not a COVID epidemic, a chronic disease epidemic that's affecting 60% of our adult population and 54% of our kid population. And this is like, you know, cancer, autoimmune diseases, heart diseases. These are real epidemics that are really affecting us. The problem is the medical system that uh, controls or um, deals with these circumstances is horribly ineffective, horribly ineffective, because they're doing nothing to prevent it. They're doing no promotion of vitamins, supplements, nutrition, of looking at physical, chemical, emotional stress, of looking at environmental toxins, such as glyphosates or water, because the industries have taken over our government. And the government is really totally bought and paid by the, the medical industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about. So when you look at these conditions that people are having, dementia has about a one-in-one one ratio now. That means brains are having a problem. So what's causing all of this? Well, um, let's look at how the body works. Because your, your brain, okay, weighs around 2 to 3 pounds. It burns about 30% of the body's calories and 90% of the body's oxygen. Uh, and movement is the key to get that brain communicating to the rest of the body. So when you're talking chronic injuries, chronic illness, um, disease affecting 60% of our population, uh, is dementia a movement stimulation disorder? Yes. Is dementia and Alzheimer's a movement deficiency disorder as well as blood toxicity? Absolutely. So we need to correct that. Now, 
Um, what can negatively affect your immune system? Well, we know medications, environmental toxins, uh, toxic food, vaccinations, nutritional deficiencies, and chronic stress. Uh, and this includes the forced vaccination to prevent one of the most mild diseases out there, like the flu. Uh, now, your body responds correctly to environmental stimulus, 100 times out of 100. This means that if you get an outside stimulus, okay, of um, vas- like let's say you're sitting on a, uh, a block of ice, eventually, okay, if you're sitting on the block of ice and you're not wearing, you know, warm clothes, uh, your heart rate will elevate, blood to the legs will eventually shut down to maintain the core temperature. In fact, it's going to shut it down so much that the toes will, will fall off from frostbite. So those are intelligent responses. And I want you to, because the way you're going to start looking at your body is a little bit different. If you think that you have high blood pressure because your uncle had high blood pressure and it runs in your family, that's completely wrong. Okay, high blood pressure does not run in families. Diets do. Diets are very common. Environmental stimulus is common. Okay, body types are common. Okay, so those things may run in families, but not elevations in blood pressure. And when you look at it, the ultimate cause, and we'll just look at blood pressure now, um, they can't decide on the number because there's a joint national committee that meets about every 10 years. In 1994, they thought it was 120 over 80. In 2004, they thought it was 115 over 75. And then in 19 or 2014, it jumped up to 150 over 90 if you're over 60. So they keep changing the numbers because they're not sure. They're trying to come up with treating each individual as a group. Mm -hmm. I know that doesn't make sense, but think about this. Um, everybody should have the same blood pressure. That's what the medical system says. That means everybody should have the same flu shot. Everybody should have the same drug for, for pain or this or that. Except when you're checking vital signs like blood pressure, cholesterol, things like that, the 500-pound smoker should have the same blood pressure as the 12-year-old gymnast. No. I mean, th- these things don't make sense. And so let's bring the world back to common sense where think just for a second that the immune system is going to respond correctly. And I'm talking even even in an anaphylactic shock where someone gets stuck by a bee sting or some type of uh, food allergy that can actually cause constriction. So the body is intelligent. It will respond correctly based on the stimulus. The problem is when we're looking at allergies, we're looking at food sensitivities and autoimmune conditions, that's a hypersensitization of the system. So let's look at the immune system. There's three types of stress that your body is under. We've got physical, chemical, and emotional. Physical stress, you're talking accidents in the past or current biomechanics. Chemical stress, it's going to be the water, the air, the food, the medications, and the vaccines. Emotional stress is based on your perception or how much you watch TV. Honest to goodness, if you're watching TV today, you're being one of the most programmed animals on the planet. Um, 
the, the old story, and please think about this when you're watching CNN. Uh, the old um, Indian told his grandson that there's two wolves that fight inside of the body one evil and one good. And they're always at a battle for the man's soul. And the young boy asked, which, which wolf wins, the evil one or the good one? And the old man said, the one you feed wins. So in this state of complete psychosis and anarchy, look at, um, at don't follow along with the crowd. Know that your body is brilliant. You're designed by God. You're designed to live on this planet. And when you hold to those truths, anytime you see something ultimately evil, like if you see those those violent protests and people getting hurt and injured, innocent people, okay, they know that the antithesis or the opposite is there as well. You can't have a world that's totally, completely evil. There's going to be some good joy and love in there. So when people are angry and pissed that you're not wearing a mask or you're not social distancing and they give you those angry eyes, come at them with love. Come at them with facts. Because when you know that that your risk of death, injury, and illness from uh, a virus is a much, much, much less than your risk of heart disease, cancer, or dementia. And so those are the ones that we should be getting the attention. Like if you actually think the government is is taking care of you and the government is, you know, because what do they do? They took away your job, now they're giving you a, um, a stimulus check. The, no, the government is not designed to give you health, vitality, security. If that's not evident by this year, then you obviously have some type of brain damage. So if you're aware that that this is a very, very controlling environment, when the only way to to adapt to this environment is to not go along with the program. So if you realize that that a mask doesn't have any basis in science, and the social distancing doesn't have any basis in science, and these uh, the people that are in charge of shutting down businesses and everything else, they really don't have the authority to do that long term. And in when you look at, we actually have a constitution, and I always thought the constitution would protect us. It is not protecting us. So it's time the the way to get back to normal is to act as if. So right now, if you have gotten yourself educated, if you've checked um, on what viruses is and what comorbid conditions are and your risk of death from the COVID-19 or your risk of death from heart disease or cancer, uh, instead of worrying about that, strengthen your immune system, and then you're going to have a long, healthy, full life. That, that would make more sense. But the way to change society now is to live as if. Liz, live as if. So do not wear your mask until the very last moment. And if you're walking alone on a sidewalk, um, for goodness sake, get air. I've seen people exercising with masks. I've seen people walking with masks. Um, I saw another person uh, rowing a boat in a mask. I mean, just 
um, it's, it's not a fashion statement. It limits oxygen, and it tells people that you're afraid of others. You're not protecting grandma. So what are these things? Why, why do we have such chronic illness and chronic disease epidemic? It's because we're in a chronically stressed state, physical, chemical, emotional stress. And we know that even the article, Comprehensive Physiology, that brilliant journal, listen to this, further understanding of regulatory mechanisms linking the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and immune system is critical for understanding relationships between chronic disease development and immune system-associated changes. Oh my gosh, that's what we're talking about. Because when you look at how the body works, stress, when you, once you get physical, chemical, or emotional stress, the instantly this causes the digestion to be affected. It causes reproductive system to be affected. Endocrine system, your hormonal system completely changes down. Now, vaccinations is a stressor. Uh, we know now 95% of U.S. kindergartens are fully vaccinated. And one in six have a learning disability. One in ten, that's, it, it's actually, um, this is an old statistic, because I just read a new one. It's actually 25% have asthma, and one in 28 are living with autism. And we know uh, a couple of brilliant studies on vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Uh, you're talking asthma, allergies, hay fever, um, skin disorders, attention disorders, and autism. Um, you're talking hundreds to thousands of percent increase um, for over the non-vaccinated. Figure in 2000, there were 61 million, or about 21%, had one or more chronic conditions. Now, take this up to 2014. So in 2000, 21% had a chronic illness or injury or a chronic disease. Uh, by 2014, 60% have it. So when you're talking an epidemic, we got an epidemic of chronic disease. That's the killer. Uh, we know adverse effects on vaccines, that it can cause um, febrile seizures. Um, we know that a lot of these diseases uh, or, or vaccine reactions, which are autoimmune conditions, uh, can cause stress in mast cells. The vaccines can cross the blood-brain barrier, leading to neuroinflammation, leading to Alzheimer's disease. And we're going to cover a lot of those. But just when you're looking at vaccines as a stressor, we know that, um, well, Archives of Pediatric and Adolescent Medicine, what they reported is that aluminum toxicity has a complication of hyperalimination in preterm infants. They found, and these are kids going under um, dialysis, so they're very, very sick kids, but they found encephalopathy in children occurred secondary to the aluminum toxicity from dialysis. So there's something in there swelling up their brains. Now we know that the blood-brain barrier, the barrier between the bloodstream and the brain, doesn't really fully form until they're teenagers, until humans are teenagers. And things that can damage that blood-brain barrier, that thing that protect it, well, you look at Tylenol, aluminum, heavy metals, and anything like Tylenol depletes glutathione, which protects the brain. So other things that can disrupt brain function are blood pressure drugs, corticosteroids, uh, um, 
contraceptives, uh, amphetamines, antidepressants. I mean, virtually every drug out there. And with the huge emotional stress that people are under now, uh, obviously the people are going to be turning to the pharmaceutical products. So not just alcohol and, and um, marijuana or illicit drugs. We're talking this, the serious killers, the antidepressants that have a risk of suicide and suicidal thoughts, the blood pressure drugs that increase risk of stroke, the cholesterol drugs that increase risk of dementia, the opioids that increase risk of impulse control, dementia, and suicidal thoughts. Okay, so all of these drugs have a negative effect on the body. And with the stress in society going up, that, that means that the damage also is going to keep going up. We know that um, antibiotics are in the food, they're in the bread, they're in most uh, plant products as well, too. Uh, glyphosate is a powerful herbicide, and this is sprayed on almost 100% of the grains. However, the glyphosate, um, it, it damages the intestinal tract. Okay, it's actually a mineral chelator, and you can't utilize vitamins without minerals. And glyphosate is in the water, it's in the air, um, it's in your bread. Okay, and this means that it's going to damage the intestinal flora. And it is a natural antibiotic. So this is going to kill and disrupt the normal gut flora, which allows yeast to take over. Now, the yeast can actually bore holes in the intestinal tract, creating a mast cell response or a histamine response, um, leading to inflammatory diseases. Now, this is going to be uh, inflammation like uh, inflammatory bowel disorder, um, inflammatory brain, hepatitis. Um, I mean, there's so many inflammatory diseases going on. Now, we know that with inflammation, steroids are prescribed. However, glucocorticosteroids act on the hippocampus and amygdala and frontal lobes. So you're talking suicidal behavior, neuropsychiatric disorders, if you're taking a steroid. And how many kids have asthma that are taking a steroid? It's crazy. <clears throat> We're also going to go off, um, well, <laughs> uh, if you have faith in the government, God bless you. If you have faith in your body, that's even a better God bless you. Um, but the pharmaceutical industry is not... Um, uh, angels. In fact, they are convicted felons by promoting products that have caused death, damage, injury, and maiming. Uh, just got this article, and this is from September last year. Zantac, which is an antacid, was pulled from the markets because it has a cancer-causing agent in there. You may have heard that Vioxx was pulled off the market because it killed more people than died in the Vietnam War. Um, you may see a lot of commercials on TV for mesh that, uh, that was used in surgeries or talcum powder or all of these different um, pharmaceutical industry products are having a negative effect on the population. The only thing that you cannot sue a pharmaceutical industry um, for is for vaccines. I know you might think, well, wait a second. They maybe they the pharmaceutical industry is totally um, just like any other industry that they can produce a product and they're not sure about how that product's going to react when it hits to the market. 
Absolutely, I'm with you there. That's why with the tort system in place where you could legally sue a company for producing a product that damages you or your your people, knowing that that ability that the public can sue keeps the industry in check. The vaccine industry does not have that check and balance system in place because in 1986 they made it illegal to sue the vaccine companies. And now we're in especially tight circumstances because the the vaccine that's produced for any pandemic is automatically liability-free. So you're going to be forced in another few months to take an, an, a product with no long-term studies that can have devastating effects on the body, and there's no possibility of recourse if you get damaged. And if you're curious about that, look at the first uh, swine flu one back in 76, how more people died from the vaccine than died from the disease. You know, it's, it's just you're going to be condemned to repeat history if you don't learn from it. I know, that was an owl. Uh, but but when, when you look at how the, how the industry is working, I mean, these are stress responses. High blood pressure, that's not a disease. That's a stress response. Um, cancers, those are a stress response. Think about any type of disease out there. It's the body dealing with deficiency, toxicity, or stress. Um, a great article at a clinical pharmacology. Statin drugs, the drugs that are used to lower cholesterol, mm -hmm. increase hardening of the arteries and heart failure. We know that blood pressure medications, uh, each time you take one, your risk of stroke goes up by about 33%. Uh, that's because you lower your blood pressure with a blood pressure drug, but that causes the arteries to constrict, to elevate it. We know that, that um, when, when you're looking at not just uh, glyphosates, look at MSG. It's an excitotoxin that damages the brain. The, um, the not just MSG in food products, but if you are taking any food that's, that's commercially produced, you're more than likely getting glyphosates and other toxins in there. So this is how we get the body working. Number one, exercise is super beneficial. And for goodness sake, do not wear your mask outside, in the park, on the beach. You are human. You are designed to live here. You're not gonna. You're not as fragile where somebody sneezes a hundred yards away and it's going to hit you. You have to be a sick individual for a virus to grow in your system. So get out there, get the mask off, exercise in the sun. That's fantastic because it increases mm -hmm. blood cell production. It increases. Uh, the synthesis of neurotransmitters, it stimulates the brain. It's fantastically good for the brain. So this is everybody exercise every day. Barefoot walking is the best. Why? Because it gets a massive stimulus going up into the brain. When we look at cross-crawl exercises, this is hugely important. So that leg swing in one side and the other is going to distract these joints and get both halves of the brain to fall, fire off correctly. Uh, make sure you look at the physical, chemical, emotional stress. So find a corrective chiropractor and get those digital x-rays to see what your body looks good, at what, what it looks like. 
and then make sure you get healthy amounts of vitamin D3 because we are coming up into winter. And obviously the TV is going to be telling you, oh, my God, it's cold and flu season. And they'll, then they'll pr promote uh, the flu vaccine, which not only shows an increase in illness if you take it, uh, but it doesn't have a heck of a lot of protecting effect, but it does have um, neurotoxins in it. But let's look at what your great-grandparent used to have them survive. Vitamin D, get outside, healthy omega-3s, fantastically good for you. Um, healthy fats like um, coconut oil, olive oil, grass-fed butter. When we look at um, small fish animals, if you're, if you're not a vegetarian, it's fantastically good for you. There's a great um, book called Phospholipid Spectrum Disorders in Neuropsychiatry. And this was a brilliant. I mean, you could still get plant-based omega-3s, um, but you're just going to need a larger volume of them. And we're going to cover all this stuff tonight. But please, um, know what your risk of a disease is. And the most common diseases are heart disease, cancer, and type 2 diabetes. The, the diseases that you are not at risk for are viruses and infectious diseases. If you do want to protect yourself from infectious diseases, you strengthen your immune system. You don't need to social distance. You don't need to do things that are ineffective. Do only things that are effective in strengthening your immune system. And we're going to cover all this stuff tonight. We're going to have handouts for days, but please realize what your risk of of diseases are, it's very, very low compared to um, life itself. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. God bless you, and I love you. <laughs>